Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Hope everyone's having a lovely day today. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about bank mergers and acquisitions, and we're going to get into a couple very specific things in the banking space. On the one hand, we're getting going to get into what is called a bank merger of equals, or, an, or what is known in the industry as an MOE. We're also going to get into uh, fintechs trying to get bank charters or bank, you know, bank, uh, you know, basically get approved to have a bank charter on a national scale uh, through what's called the ILC bank charter, the industrial loan company charter. And we're going to talk about why that's kind of an issue, you know, why some people like it, why some people don't like it, what, you know, what fintech companies have had success with that so far and what haven't. But first, let's start with uh, merger of equals. So I'd like to get in. I've got an article here from S&P uh, Capital Intelligence. And what it says here is basically we have a little bit of an uptick in merger of equals this year. So for anybody who doesn't know, anybody who's not familiar, a merger of equals when you have two equally sized banks or approximately equal in size that decide to merger together. So say you have a 500 million asset bank over here and you've got a 600 million asset bank over here, they decide to get together, put together a bank that's now 1.1 million in total asset size. And, you know, why would a bank do this? Well, uh, a lot of banks do this because it's a lot faster to scale the bank. You get economies of scale built in. And now a bank's up to say they, again, using that example, they're, they're up to a billion dollars in asset size. And now they have a little bit more uh, wiggle room there in terms of the, the revenue they're able to generate, the profit margin they're able to generate. Um, they can have, uh, they can, they can develop better, um, uh, what I want to say here, uh, they basically develop better ratios uh, for the bank itself, like like ROE, ROA, efficiency ratios, things of that nature. And 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 doing an MOE can be a lot faster than if you if you were trying to execute an organic strategy where you're trying to grow organically, uh, either by building new bank branches adding to your branch network or you're, you're trying to grow through loan development. Maybe you're opening up some some what's called loan production offices. Uh, maybe you're hiring a lending group, bringing them in. So there's, there's a number of different strategies that you can deploy to try to do something to grow your bank. But an, an MO, you know, doing an act, doing a, a merger with an, an MOE merger can be a faster way to, to, to grow the bank and get that, you know, get those economies of scale going to generate a better return for shareholders in, in the long run. So what we've seen is we've seen a little bit of uptake, uptick in MOE deals this year, um, but the, definitely the deals are a little less than what they were back in, say, 2014, when you probably had about 15 of these deals. There's only been about four of them so far this year. Now, I just want to read in here. MOEs make up 6% of all U.S. bank M&A activity in 2023 through August, higher than the last two years. Moreover, the four MOEs announced so far this year represent a combined total deal value of about $659 million, or 25% of total deal value through August. While broader M&A appetite soured this year and led to a slowdown in activity, MOE activity was unwavering as banks increasingly viewed those deals as an attractive alternative to pair up and gain scale to tackle ongoing headwinds amid a lack of buyers and low valuations. These deals are especially attractive for smaller community banks. So 
again, that talked about a number of things. So, you know, bank stock valuations have been down this year. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, four bank failures earlier in the year. Uh, banks have been dealing with a number of issues, whether it would be uninsured deposits, um, negative results in their bond portfolios, the impact of rising interest rates on their commercial loan portfolios. So all of these things have kind of uh, come together to kind of sour the M&A market a little bit this year. But like I said, you you are seeing, uh, you know, this, this you know, MOEs are, are moving along here. And I would definitely consider or I would definitely think that you would you would see more of these transactions here as we move along. So the other other thing happening, which I, th I think is is far more interesting here, is this article, you know, some fintechs walk away from charter applications uh, and they've decided that they'd rather just do, you know, leverage bank partnerships. So a couple of years ago, you had SoFi in 20 in, uh, let's see here, October of 2020 was approved for a bank charter. And I have been watching this very closely because I've, I've really been fascinated to see how this was going to play out. SoFi has seemingly done very well. They just, they just had an earnings call and have, have done very well. For people that are not familiar with SoFi, SoFi kind of started out as a, um, as a basically like a student loan lender. Uh, they, they, really, they really tried to leverage that and also being you know, mainly an online bank. Um, growing through, you know, and then started, you know, doing some consumer loans and growing through through those different uh, channels. And then basically a few years ago, decided, decided hey, you know what, uh, we want to be a, a bank because we want to be a bank so that we can we can raise capital, we can bring deposits in, which will give us a, a funding sources that will make it cheaper for us to make loans out to, you know, not only consumers, but to businesses as well. So this, I think so far so good, this has gone really well for SoFi. And, and it, it raised the question, you know, this worked for SoFi, so would it work for say PayPal? Would it work for Block? And that's exactly what happened. So, uh, and it, it says right here, uh, the, the last industrial loan company, ILC charters uh, supervised by state and federal deposit insurance corp were granted in March, 2020 to Square, now Block, and loan servicing company Nelnet Inc. Uh, SoFi Technologies Inc. is the last FinTech company to complete a bank charter application process. The FinTech lender obtained that national bank charter from the Office of the Control of the Currency or the OCC in October, 2020, before acquiring Golden Pacific Bank Corp in February of 2022. Um, the, and it also goes on to say that dearth of bank charter approvals in recent years comes as the convergence of banks and FinTechs continue to deepen. Many FinTechs considering bank charters are finding that the growing banking as a service market can solve most of their needs for banking operations, industry executives and advertisers said. In banking as a service, banks provide deposit accounts or underwrite loans to fintechs and customers, while fintechs manage the relationship with consumers or businesses. So, and I should take a step back for a second. The ILC charter application has been a very contentious thing for, for quite a while in the banking industry. A lot of banks have looked at that charter as kind of a like a backdoor way to, to to get into the banking industry it's a, it's viewed as kind of like an easier application process an easier way to kind of get in uh they have called it described it many times as a loophole a banking loophole and you have a lot of banking uh groups the the aba american bankers association the icba 
that have basically pushed for that loophole to be closed, to basically eliminate the ICL uh, banking charter altogether, just get rid of it. Um, because they want, they, again, it's not, it's not about stopping fintechs from getting bank charters or not wanting fintechs to get bank charters. They just want it to them to do it the right way. They want them to go through a normal charter you know, process where you know they go through and they're working with the regulators, whether it be the OCC, the FDIC to get deposit insurance, but go through the normal process, the normal channels, get approved in a normal way, and then be subject to the same regulation that every other bank in the country is, is subject to. So there's been a lot of pushback, a lot of, you know, certain members of Congress have pushed back on the, the ILC application as well. And you can see here that, you know, a number, a number of uh, potential uh, companies have pulled their application or withdrawn it in the last couple of years just because, you know, they've just been sitting there with the with the with the regulators. And and one of the comments here is, you know, there's no way any of the federal bank regulators coming out of the 2023 banking crisis are going to want to pose any new risk in any way to the industry, i.e., you know, they're not going to they're not going to approve some of these bank charters to uh, some fintechs that are perhaps unproven in their in their financial results. So. You know, we go on here, select bank applications for industrial loan charters. You can see here, like, you know, Ford Credit Bank has a has a pending approval that, that you know, was back in 2022. Capital Preferred Savings Bank, um, Ameriprise withdrew. Thrivent Bank has a pending approval, also a merger application. So there's a, you know, a couple a couple different banks that are still, still kind of hanging in there. Um so I think this I think this is really interesting. Uh, you know, you know, I, I've I've talked to some people at PayPal and it's been it's been really interesting because I think they're the, you know, they look at this dynamic in a couple of different ways. Like how would their how would their stock be perceived? Uh, in other words, if you're a fintech company versus a bank, uh, typically fintech companies, you know, their 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 uh, stock is going to trade at much higher valuations than, than a, your, your typical bank would be, would be valued at, um, you know, and that, and that all has to do with, you know, with growth, you know, you know, what's what, you know, you know, how, how is the market viewing your, your stock from a growth perspective? You know, most banks are just kind of, you know, steady as they go, pay a nice little dividend. Whereas, you know, fintechs are supposed to be, you know, high flying growth companies that have, you know, you know, they're the unicorns that, you know, have the hockey stick and, uh, you know, and they're just, they're just looking to grow like crazy. So, you know, but I think SoFi is proving so far that that yeah, you know, fintech company can come in and you know get chartered as a bank, you know, buy a small bank and 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 start doing operations and and do it you know very very successfully. So I'll be real interested to see what Square does with this and whether or not they you know and Nelnet whether you know these two complete the process and kind of keep going with this. But uh, again, you know, so, something very much to keep an eye on and see how this continues, see what trends in the, in the you know, bank merger and acquisition field that this uh, kind of plays out. But, uh, but again, you know, a lot of fintechs here are saying that, you know, you know what, we don't necessarily need the bank charter right this minute. You know, we can make do with, uh, with banking as a service. And, and, and that's something that I'll, I'll probably address in another uh, podcast episode, you know, describe what exactly banking as a service is. There's a couple of, uh, there's a couple of very good examples of that, like the Bank Corp Bank is, is, a, is a great example as a bank that, that provides banking as a service. 
Um, so that would definitely be something I'd like to get into and cover in a little bit more depth in another episode. But right now, the big takeaways from this is just, you know, M&A activity in the banking industry right now is very slow because of a lot of the headwinds, but you are seeing a merger of equals MOE transactions are happening. And, you know, so far, a lot of these fintech applications are not really going through. But the one bright spot has been the performance of SoFi. So we'll continue to see what's going on there. But I would ask everybody, if you like what you heard here, to please like and subscribe. You can follow me on YouTube, Rumble, and all major podcast platforms. Um, if you have any uh, comment on this, please make sure to leave that. If there's any topics that you would uh, like me to cover aside from, from this, you know, please leave a comment. Let me know. Uh, be sure to visit the website at www.bankernextdoor.com. And I will be coming back again real soon. I've got some, some great updates coming on uh, commercial real estate. Um, interest rates, yield curve, and uh, and I'm I'm gonna hit. Um, uh, Bank Director just came out with their rankings for best banks in the country. I wanna I wanna talk on that a little bit. Um, hopefully, point out some of the the banks that are that are doing uh, good things in, in, in around banking. But uh, hope everybody enjoyed that. Hope to see everybody again real soon. And uh, thanks a lot for watching. See it.